Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors. Here at Fertility Warriors HQ, we believe in three things, grace, grit, and gratitude. We don't believe you have to be perfect to fall pregnant, but we do believe that you need to place yourself and your well-being at the top of your priority list. I'm your host, Robin Birkin. For some people, trying to conceive is a cakewalk. I was not one of those people. My journey was years in the making and included IUIs, IVF and a miscarriage, as well as many, many tears before we fell pregnant with our first child. Now I'm the author of the book, Screw Infertility, and the founder of a 12-week mind-body fertility program, the Fertility Warrior Intensive. I'm here to help you not only navigate these waters, but to help you feel like a badass in the process. My superpower? Helping Taipei women find calm, confidence, and happiness in their journey. I'm a little woo-woo, a lot straight shooter, and I swear like a sailor. Sorry, mom. I've never turned down a bowl of mashed potato, and if you like salt and pepper, mm, I think we'll get along just fine. So hit that subscribe button and tune in for tips, advice, and real talk every week. I promise you, I'm not daggy. Okay, maybe a lot daggy, but subscribe anyway. Enough small talk, let's do this thing. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of The Fertility Warriors. I'm so happy that you're here and I love chatting with you every week, no matter where you are or what you're doing, whether I get to sit and chat with you while you're driving to work or maybe it's on your morning walk. Know that I really love this podcast. It lights me up and when I am chatting, I literally am picturing myself chatting with you like in a coffee shop or something like that and having a straight up conversation. So we're going to dive in today and today we're talking about five tips for IVF newbies. So this is also going to be helpful for you if you are just diving into fertility treatments, be it medicated cycles or IUIs, but there are going to be a few tips that are specific to IVF. Even if you're doing other treatments, it will still be helpful because it might give you an insight into what the next step might look like for you. So here we go. Let's dive in with five tips for IVF newbies. And this is based on my experience. I've had two retrievals and a number of IVF transfers. The second retrieval, we did an ICSI procedure, intracytoplasmic injection. So I always tell people, when people ask me, well, what is exactly IVF? I This is how I describe it. I'm like, basically, they get the sperm and the egg and they put them in a Petri dish to have a spa together and they see who hooks up. And then after the ones that hook up, they see which ones grow a little bit further and start to multiply. ICSI, intracytoplasmic sperm injection, is where they literally, instead of having the spa and seeing who's going to hook up, they literally choose one of each and hook them up by injecting the sperm into the egg to make them hook up and then see whether they grow or not. Okay. So that's sort of our experience and what we've had. We had multiple IUIs. We had multiple medicated cycles. I had an IUI get cancelled at one point. And after my first IVF cycle, I had a moderate case of hyperstimulation. I've done a podcast and a big blog post with pictures all about my experience of OHSS. And my two daughters, Chloe and Olivia, are actually from the same egg retrieval. So Olivia was basically on ice for two years. 
while we had oh, basic no for one no for two years because obviously I had a pregnancy with Chloe Ugh, my brain anyway five tips for IVF newbies here we go tip number one is wear loose clothes so even if you've got a flowy dress or something like that, especially when you go in for your IVF retrieval, one of the biggest lessons that I learned was to wear loose clothes. On my first IVF retrieval, I'm pretty sure, or even both of them perhaps, I wore tight skinny leg jeans. Why did I think that that would be a good idea? And you're a little bit tender after an IVF retrieval. Basically, they're like going up through your vagina and then sort of like punching through to get the eggs. And it just, it's not, is it the worst pain? No. Did I take a couple of Panadols and then take it easy for the rest of the day? Yes. It's not the worst pain that you've ever had. You may still choose to take the next day off. It's not like major surgery or anything along those lines. However, you definitely don't want to be wearing skinny jeans. On my second retrieval, I wasn't I struggled to get them through my legs. So if you have a maxi dress or something that's just easy to get on and off and doesn't involve tightness around your abdomen, 100% recommend that approach because on both occasions, I do not feel like I nailed my outfit for the retrieval. Number two is that one retrieval can be completely different to the next. So I had two IVF retrievals the first retrieval was like a dream I went in there we were in the private section in the hospital so I had my own room my dad was able to come up with me they I felt like they waited on me hand and foot amazing after it I felt great I was hungry my dad took me and got a burrito happy days and it was only a couple of days after that that we I started to get hyperstimulation and then basically felt like I was dying. But the retrieval part of it, I felt pretty great after. I wasn't even that sore. Well, the second time was basically the opposite uh, experience. So the first time we did a procedure called antagonist, the second time it was something called a sandwich that's about as much as I know. I There are so many people out there who know their exact medications and keep their needles and everything like that. I did not log any of that part of my journey. I, I could not tell you what medications I take. I knew that there were a lot of injections. I know that one of the injections felt like it stung a little bit. I did not feel like any of my injections were that big a deal at that by that point. When I was doing my first medicated cycles and IUIs, I, it, injecting myself felt like it felt beyond it, it, part of it felt like a huge joke. The other part of it felt like a really big deal and a big hurdle that I needed to overcome, which was injecting myself. And I also need to let you know though, that we don't do POI, PIO shots here in Australia very often, or not that I know of. Most people here have suppositories. Or in my case, my fertility clinic said that it was tolerated better up the butthole. <laughs> oh, sorry to get a bit graphic with you there. But that, that's how, and apparently like it leaked a little bit less, which I think is a thing. Anyway, that was my experience. So I didn't, we didn't do progesterone in oil injections, but we had, I had injections in that beginning 
follicular phase and then obviously an injection as a trigger. So I had several times when I injected. By the time I got to IVF, injecting myself was no big deal. Like it wasn't a thing. I didn't care. I was on blood thinners. So I'd bruise a bit, wasn't bothered at all. So then I got to my second retrieval though, and the private section, call me snobby, but the private section of the hospital was full. So I had to go public and I was in a room. It was like cattle class. No one was allowed to come behind me. And as I'm saying this, I'm picturing all of y'all, you know, in today's age with COVID things being like, yo, bitch, no one can come with me anyway. So props to you. I have had experiences of no one being able to come with me for other things as well, but no one was able to come back with me. I was in cattle class. There was no TV. There was no magazines. I couldn't take have my mobile phone. So I just had to sit there in the bed until about 11 a.m. And I kind of had a little cry in the bed because it didn't fit. I felt like I'm already going through enough. Why do I have to be in this shitty public area with just lines of beds with all of these people alongside me and no privacy or anything. Mm. So laid in the bed, had my retrieval, woke up and was in quite a lot of pain, eight out of 10 pain. And I didn't know why, like huge cramping pain. So they then gave me some medicine to help with that. I was still in a lot of pain. A nurse from the fertility clinic came and she was like, oh, that's not normal. Let me get a nurse to come and help you a bit more. The first time I had my retrieval, they were like, stay as long as you need. What do you need? Do you need anything else? Are you ready? Etc." That was great. The second time I had the, I actually had the nicest nurse in the morning. Like she was so lovely. But then when the afternoon shift came, I had a nurse literally come up and squeeze my IV bag because she was like, you need to get out now and you can't leave until you've had two IV bags of fluids go through you. So that was shit. And I was in so much pain. I could not put my pants on. I asked her if she'd help me with my pants and she was like, I'll come back later and help you. And so I ended up just doing it myself and my husband couldn't, this was the reason why I, it sucked because my husband couldn't come through is because he couldn't help me. So I muddled through and helped myself. So that was that. But then the next day, and I even, oh, it got even worse than that. As I was walking, I could barely walk. I got out and I fainted outside and my husband had to carry me to the car. Then he had to carry me inside the house. Like I was not in a good way after that second retrieval. But the next day I felt pretty good. So unlike the first time when I just started to fill up with fluids and, you know, ended up with seven kilograms of fluids floating around my body, the second time I actually felt really good after 24 hours. So the point of this being two retrievals are not the same. So if you've had one that hasn't gone well, know that the second one can go better and that they can do different protocols and things like that. Also, just don't be shy of taking painkillers. Hey, Warrior, so sorry for interrupting, but I just wanted to jump in and see if you'd had the chance to check out my new little program, Warrior Rising. It's a five-day radical mood reset and I'm sure that you will love it. Head to robinburkin.com slash rise to check out my new program, Warrior Rising. Okay, let's get back to the episode. I feel like 
there's actually a little bit of bad news on this podcast. Sorry about that. Number three, though, is be prepared for numbers to drop. This is one thing that I just feel like no one talks about. And it's really important that you know this before your cycle. You will have the ultrasound that counts all of the follicles, right? And counts which ones are mature. Some of those, though, are just empty sacs or they're not, they're not actually mature enough at the time of retrieval, okay? So the numbers will drop from the ultrasound to what eggs they retrieve. Then when it comes to fertilizing, the numbers will drop a little bit again, and then when it comes to what, how long they survive, the numbers will drop off a little bit again. So just be prepared that when you're at your ultrasound and they're like, whatever many, like 20, I can see 20 follicles that are over... I don't know how, is it 18 millimeters that they check for? When they give you that number, don't think that that's how many eggs are going to be retrieved and fertilized because it was not that experience for us. Okay. It's not that experience. Nobody has the exact same number of ultrasound follicles to the number of fertilized blastocysts. Okay. But anything above one in terms of a blastocyst, or we had our transfers at day two, actually. Anything above one is good and that the numbers vary really greatly between fertility warriors. And that's okay. That It's not an indication of success if there's a lot versus a little. Can I, can I please iterate that? It's not a measure of success whether there's a lot or just a handful or just less than a handful. You can absolutely get pregnant with just one blastocyst, okay? Number four. Transfers are a walk in the park. I have all, transfers are basically just like a pap smear. So the thing that is probably the hardest part of an IVF cycle is when you are super ovulating and going in for a retrieval. That's the hardest part of doing an IVF cycle. A transfer is essentially just like an IUI, which is essentially just physically like a pap smear. Or in my eyes, it was just like a pap smear. So much easier at a physical level than doing the retrievals. So a frozen embryo transfer is, in a physical sense, physically much easier on your body. It's basically just like a pap smear. So if you've gone through a retrieval and you're dead scared about going through a transfer, it's super easy, okay? If you're about to go through an IUI and about to have that sort of transfer. Also know, from my perspective, walk in the park, okay? Number five, the last thing that I want to let IVF newbies know is don't wrap yourself in cotton wool, okay? I promise that nothing's going to fall out. I promise that there is not much difference statistically. The stats are like the stats are basically like 50-50 showing either way and it can vary. So there's no basically I interpret that as there's no right or wrong. Whether you want to take it easy and have a weekend of watching Netflix or whether you want to walk around and just do your normal grocery shopping or whatever you want to do. Basically no difference between the two of what you want to do. Okay. Don't wrap yourself in cotton wool ball or feel like you need to. In the olden days, do you know that they actually used to make women have bed rest for two weeks and invert the bed so that their heads were down a bit? Can you imagine feeling like not greatly inverted beds, but imagine feeling that head rush to your head of having a bed 
inverted. Like, how ridiculous. Anyway, it's not the same these days. Walking around, it's totally fine, okay? And in some cases shows better implantation rates, right, or success rates when that happens. So know that you don't need to wrap yourself in cotton wool ball. If you are physically feeling up to it, you can walk around, you can do whatever, you can get back to basically your normal life. The only thing you want to be careful of generally with an IVF cycle is when you are super ovulating and preparing for a transfer in that follicular phase, you need to be really careful with exercise because you can get ovarian torsion, which you could end up losing an ovary from ovarian torsion. So you just want to be careful with physical exercise in that follicular phase before you go for a transfer. After a tra- or before you go for a retrieval, after a retrieval, you're pretty much fine to just listen to your body and do the fuck you want to do, right? The only other thing that is a definite no-no is like going in a sauna or a hot spa. Everything else, getting back to your normal life, if you feel physically up for it, is basically okay. Your fertility clinic should give you more guidance on that once you have had your transfer and especially once you've had your retrieval. But once you've done those things, they'll probably tell you the same thing, that there's not a huge amount that you can't do other than live your normal life and support yourself in the way that feels good to you physically and emotionally. So those are my five tips for IVF newbies. Have I missed something? Do you have another tip? Was this helpful? Did you too go for your retrieval in completely the wrong outfit? Come and reach out to me on Instagram and let me know. I want to know, okay? Hand on heart, I really want you to reach out and let me know. So these are the five tips. Just wear loose clothes that you can easily get on and off. Number two, one retrieval is nothing like the next. So if you've had one bad experience, don't take that to mean that the next one will also be bad because it could be completely different, especially if they've changed the protocol and the medications. Number three, just be prepared that the numbers will drop from whatever they tell you on the ultrasound the day before or whatever. Number four, transfers walk in the park compared to retrievals they're basically just like a pap smear and number five don't wrap yourself in cotton wool ball you are perfectly fine when you feel physically able to get back to life as it was before thank you so much for listening i can't wait to catch you at the next episode i do hope this has been helpful i you know i really love hearing your feedback so make sure you reach out and let me know and bye for now have a good one Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Fertility Warriors. You know that I love chatting with you every single week. If you like this podcast, please make sure you go ahead and subscribe and share it with anyone, be it on your Instagram or your other socials, to let them know that this has been helpful for you too and that it might be helpful for them. Please make sure also that you give us a five-star rating and I would love, love, love a review. They always make my day and they help other people find the podcast. So it kind of helps the search engine juices or the internet juices push this podcast out to other people when there are a number of ratings and reviews. And if you feel like infertility is starting to get the best of you and your emotions are starting to get a bit wonky, then make sure you check out my new mini program, Warrior Rising. Head to robinburkin.com slash rise and check it out. It's a five-day mini mindset 
transformation and it will definitely help pick up your mood, help you feel calmer and help you feel more in control of your journey. Head to robinberkin.com slash rise to find out more about my new program, Warrior Rising.